one of the things that we've are thinking about or I've been thinking about is how do we enter into Christmas season where we actually pause and say, you know what, we need to adore Him. What does it look like for you, practically, to pause your world and stop and say, okay, Jesus, I'm just here to be in all of you. It's amazing to think about the best gift that was given, born in a manger, is a king. And what I find interesting about a king, though, a king has authority. A king demands respect. A king will tell you, this is what I want from you. So as you thought, just think about this last week. Wherever you went to your king and asked him, what do you want from me? Wherever you paused this last week and said, you know what, God, I just need to stop and just be in awe of who you are. I'm just here, I'm here to worship. Not sing your song, but just stop my heart and lay it out and just say, here, here it is. I'm choosing you. You're worthy. How often does that king become the one that says, you know what, I want you to go in this direction. When that still small voice says, go here, do we go? Well, if we don't go, then is he our king? So we're going to you know, enter into December, and I also would like to say thank you to all the individuals that came and volunteered their time to set up decorations. It looks amazing. And it's fun just to, to be reminded of all the lights and, and this, this, the, the, all of all that, those things. But is he your king this morning? Are you here this morning as an individual sitting in your seat saying, I'm here to worship you, Jesus. That's why I came. This morning, I if you're a note taker, you're going to just have two things you can put down as far as sentences or thought processes. The first one is, I want to share with you the bad news first. I don't know if there's ever been a time in your life that you got fired, but your boss probably came to you. I remember being a college student, and my boss at Zerker Retire came to me and says, you know, uh, we, we, we're done, we've got enough, we, we're just done with you. I said, well, why are you firing me? Well, he never really said why, I just kind of left that day. And, said, and so I probably should call my friend Don Hancock and say, by the way, why did you fire me from Zerker Tire? Uh, that's been a long time ago. So anyway, that's the one time that I've actually got fired from my job, uh, changing tires and changing oil and Zerker Tire. And he said to me, I got some bad news for you. Well, I'm going to give you the bad news first. But really what I'm giving you, the bad news first, is really going to give your heart, if you choose today, to receive the bad news, your life will never be the same if you accept the bad news. If you as the individual pause and look at the Scripture, the truth of God's Word to you this morning, if you hear this first and you receive these words, you'll walk out of here in a way that you'll never leave another place ever again if you receive them. But this will be your choice. This morning as I was, or as I've been spending some time thinking about this morning, communion, the bad news first is that you are all a sinner. 
And I was reminded as I looked through the book of John, so if you have your Bible, go to John chapter 3. As you go to John chapter 3, all of you in your minds are going to think, okay, that's in John chapter 3, verse 16, and I'm going to get to that verse. But there's a fascinating guy in the beginning of John chapter 3 that if we didn't have Nicodemus, we probably wouldn't have all of John chapter 3. And it wouldn't mean to me today what it means to me today if Nicodemus would have never asked the question. So you have John chapter 3. If you pick it up in verse 1, there was a Pharisee by the name of Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night. So if you like to circle or highlight by night. Interesting, he does not want to identify with Jesus in the daylight. So he comes to him at nighttime. Nicodemus knows if he identifies with Jesus during the day that it's going to cost him in his relationships to survive for the rest of his earthly relationship. Because the Jewish, the, the Jewish synagogue would have came to say, by, by the way, why are you meeting with Nicodemus? What, or Nicodemus, why are you talking to Jesus? What do you talk about? And, and really, Nicodemus is wrestling with the question. And the question will be, will Nicodemus be born again? Will Nicodemus place his faith in Jesus Christ? He knows the Old Testament truth, and so he comes to Jesus. This man came by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God, for no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. So one Pharisee, a Jew, a religious leader, recognized the power of Jesus. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Nicodemus has now heard a voice from Jesus talking to him about being born again, born of the Spirit. I want you to go over with me to John chapter 3, verse 16. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So John chapter 3, verse 16, God loves us. Jesus was not sent here to be the one that was a condemning voice in your life. He came as the redemption option for you, if you accept it. If you sitting in your seat come to realization that you are a sinner, that you are separated from God. Now, I realized this morning that if we ask your neighbor or your spouse or your friend or a coworker or somebody that knows you, they can identify with us that you are a sinner. That's not what we need. What we need is the individual sitting in the seat called you to have enough courage to say, I am a sinner. You have to come to a place in your life that you admit to yourself that you are a sinner. I don't know when that is or has been for you. Or maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, I've never done that. I have never called myself a sinner. 
well, man, you have lived a boring life if you didn't ever call yourself a sinner. Because then that means life has been all about you and you don't have hope and freedom and joy and peace in your soul and comfort. You've been trying to figure it all out for yourself all of these years. He didn't come to condemn sinners. But look what happened. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already. Why is this person condemned? Because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Do you believe this morning? Now, obviously, if I would go around, you're here at church Sunday morning. You took time out of your weekend to gather in a building. So something's different about you. But do you believe this morning? Do you believe as you enter into December, to the Christmas season, do you believe that he was born to die for you? Do you believe that 2,000 years ago they nailed him to a cross and three days later he rose again so that you, sitting in your seat, so I as a pastor can say, you know what, I have forgiveness today because of my king was willing to die for me. That's how I have forgiveness. If you do not believe that, you're condemned because you do not believe in Jesus. I didn't say that. John tells you that as recorded by Jesus' word. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Now, I want you to go down to verse 20. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Is there clear evidence in your works of what you believe about Jesus. Is there clear evidence in your works about your relationship with Jesus? Where was he born? In a manger, placed in a cattle trough. Where did he die? On a hill, on a tree that was created by his father. And he willingly gave up his life for you. When was the last time we demonstrated any type of humbleness or sacrifice because of what he's done inside of us? I am whole today, not perfect, I am whole today because Jesus lives inside of me. So when the fruits of the Spirit show up, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, when that shows up in my life, that is not me. Okay, That is demonstration that I believed in Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. My life is different. Our lives need to be different because of who's inside of us. Anybody can call him Jesus. Anybody can say he's a king. But what do you say? Where is the time, place? I don't need dates. I don't need hours. Maybe it's just you here saying this morning, you know what? I would say to you, Pastor, that I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. It's very important for you to sit here this morning and say, 2,000 years ago, 
The reason he died was for you. Not your neighbor, not your spouse. She loved them, he did. Not your grandchildren, but for you. If you would have been the only one alive on planet Earth 2,000 years ago, he would have said to you, nail me to the cross so I can forgive your sin. You do it. So I can reconcile my relationship with you so that you could be introduced to my Father. So you enter into Christmas season. The bad news this morning is we're all sinners sitting in this room. The great news this morning is if you grasp that concept and you come to your Savior and say, Jesus, I need you, your life will never be the same. You will have hope when nobody else have hope. You will have comfort when the world is searching for comfort in so many different ways. As much as I don't like the concept of Craig Windsor waking up this morning without having his wife there, as much as I just say, God, this doesn't make sense. This isn't fair. You know what I know? Craig has peace today if he chooses Jesus. Will it be a battle? Yes. Will it be brokenness? Absolutely. And there's no time constraints to that. We just can't say, okay, Craig, okay, three months now, you need to get up and get going again. doesn't work that way. But what I know is God is working a plan to draw Craig's heart to himself in ways that Craig has never known Jesus before. So in saying that, I know the greatest thing for Craig is Jesus. The fact is, have you believed? Can you say to us this morning, I believe. I've accepted that free gift. You know what's interesting is as you think your way through that, I hope your heart is filled with gratitude. Take your Bible and go with me to John chapter 18 this morning. It's very important for all of us, even no matter if it was 25 years ago or 50 years ago that I said yes to Jesus or six months ago that I said yes to Jesus. I want you to see the cost of your forgiveness. I want you to look at this. Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas into the governor's headquarters. It was early in the morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled. Is that a joke or what? The guys that want to make accusations for Jesus are not going to go into Pilate's house because they don't want to be defiled before the Passover. So Pilate went outside and said to them, What accusations do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Do you see that in your Bible? The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is standing with a group of guys that they said, what are the accusations? Well, if we didn't bring an accusation, if he wasn't living in evil, they can't identify one. This is how far and how hard their hearts are. They don't have an accusation against Jesus. They can't point out sin. And you know what's fascinating to me is, you and I, when we ever get a chance to prove that we're right or say, hey, no, I am right, you're wrong, 
we step up and do that. Jesus had every opportunity right here, right now, to step away and say, you know what? These guys are a bunch of fakes, fools, and frauds. I'm walking away. Do you know what kept Jesus standing next to Pilate and those guys? You know what kept him there? You. Because if he would have walked away, you would not have forgiveness today. You would not have hope. You would not have mercy. You would not have joy. You wouldn't have a Savior. So he stood there. But I want you to be reminded this morning, and I would love to put up the passion of Christ and view this thing as we enter into the time of communion, to really visualize what he went through for you. So you could have forgiveness. So I could have forgiveness. Drop down to verse uh, 38. So Jesus has went through some time with Pilate. Pilate answered him. Pilate said to him, what is truth? And after he said this, I went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt with this in him. But you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a robber. And Pilate took Jesus and he flogged him. And the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head and reined him in a purple robe. And they came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I bring him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt with him. Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt. They flogged him. He didn't move. You. When they pressed the crown of thorns on his head and they walked past and slapped him in the face, you know why he stood there? For your forgiveness. For my forgiveness. So you enter into the month of December, it's Christmas, and there's a temptation. For you to say, you know what? This Christmas life is just going to be all about me. Do not miss, as you enter into December, every time you go past the lights, every time you go past a tree, every time you go past the manger scene, to be reminded of what it cost him so you could call him Father. What it cost him so you could know No condemnation. So you could have forgiveness. And we're not just celebrating the death of Christ. Three days later, he rose again. So we're going to celebrate in just a second in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. The death of Christ, the burial of Christ, and the resurrection of Christ. That's what communion is all about. 
So may you and I enter into the month of December, instead of saying, stop world, I'm here, make me happy, may we enter into December saying, you know what, it's about the death, burial, and resurrection of me through the power of the cross. May this month not be about your preferences. May it not be about your gift. And so if you're a kid in here, I will encourage your parents to get you gifts, okay? But I will encourage your parents to encourage you that life's not about you, to teach you what it means to be a servant, to allow you to enter into a journey that you learn to say no to you through the power of the cross. So as you enter into facilities and places, hospital, nursing homes, Walmart, Publix, You walk in saying, it's not about me. Jesus paid it all so you can live. Will you give your all back to him so that the gospel goes forward in our community so others find life? Is he your king this morning? How often will you go to him this week and say, King, what do you want from me? King, I'm empty today. I don't have hope. I'm discouraged. I'm frustrated. I'm disappointed. I'm whatever. Will you go to your king? Or will you go to something of this world has to offer, some horizontal thing and say, you know what? If I just go here, I'll be happy. If I just get this. That is not what December's about. December's about a servant that gave his life for you. Will you be willing to say to the Holy Spirit, here's my life, use it for my king. Here's my dreams. Here's my goals. Here's what I want to do or be. I give that back to you. Because I'm not worthy to tell the king what to do because the king died for me. Here I am to worship. Here I am to say, you're worthy. Here I am to say, I'm not in charge. Here I am to say, help me, Father, through the power of the Holy Spirit to live the way my King lived, a servant to all, so that all would have hope. The men are going to come down and we're going to enter into communion. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, I want to say something to you as the men come forward and um, Pastor Andy, would you come and help me on this one side? As the guys come forward, as we enter into communion, I would like to encourage you just to have a, a time of just quiet, you and Jesus. Uh, we, we here at Bible Fellowship Church do not take communion lightly. This is not a joke to us. We strongly believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and this table is open to anyone that agrees with us. But let, just, let me just give you a little warning. You play games with this table, it will cost you. If you're living in sin, just let it go on by. We do not have cameras anywhere in here to meet you outside to ask you why you let the communion cup go by. Okay? But I know with confidence as I look through 1 Corinthians chapter 11, people showed up and said, you know what? It's just making it about me. You know what happened to those people? Some of those people lost their life. I'm not going to say you're going to die today. I just want you to know the seriousness 
of this table. Don't enter into this table thinking, well, I'll just give him 10% when he gave it all for you. So as Jordan plays, just your time with you and the Holy Spirit, asking the Holy Spirit, is there open sin in my life? Is there something I need to confess? Then confess it to him. And then join us in communion. So they'll give you this time to get your heart right as we enter into communion time. Father, it's your sons and daughters in a small community in Highlands County that gather today. You know what's amazing today? There's never been a time that our Father didn't know we were going to meet today and where you were going to sit and what was going on in your life today. He's always been there. He always will. Will you run to Him? Will you receive Him? Will you allow him to instruct you? You're sitting in an opportunity where the best gift was given for you to celebrate and you're living in a broken world. People that don't know your father, their lives are a mess. Do you love them enough to tell them? Do you love your father enough to say, look, I see my friend, and they just need you. If they would have you, they would go in a different direction. You love your father enough to tell him. So here we are, Father. In brokenness. With issues. But we're choosing you today. Choosing to celebrate Jesus who was willing to die for us going to pay the penalty of sin on the cross for us. Oh, he's alive. He's with you. Thank you, Jesus. So as you sit next to your Father, know that we choose you. Holy Spirit, continue to give us strength to choose Jesus in a broken world. It's your name I pray. So would you mind praying for the bread? Okay.
For I see from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks, he said this, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray together. Father, we are astounded. We are astounded that the living, almighty God would come as a single human being, would take on human flesh, would pull humanity up into deity in order to lay that perfect humanity down in sacrifice for our brokenness so that we could be healed. Nobody would have thought of doing it this way, Lord. You are an almighty God. You're a wonderful God. Thank you for the broken body of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hear our prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen.
he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, and remember it for me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So Jesus, we just pause this morning, and I publicly say, and I hope every single other person that's holding this cup would know, and publicly would say to you, their forgiveness only has been given to them because you were willing to shed your blood on the cross for their sin. And may that be the message of our lives for the rest of our life. We are forgiven, not because of who we are or what we've done, but because of who you are and the choices that you made. When you said it was finished, and three days later your father rose from the grave, we receive forgiveness. So we say thank you today, Jesus, for being willing to die for me so I could have forgiveness. It's in your name I pray. Amen.